Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. It is November 2nd, day before election. I'm here with my dad, Jack Brinker. How you doing? Doing fine, Todd. Good to hear your voice. Likewise, likewise. So, uh, we roll on the day before election. Yeah, and the you know at least half half the half the the country will lose their mind tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> well, does it does that mean tomorrow they won't you can't vote tomorrow? This is the last voting day. Or do you no? Tomorrow, tomorrow is election too? day. Most people will vote tomorrow. That's right. So uh, <laughs> they won't know tomorrow anything anyway. So. Well, by the end of the, well, you're on the East Coast, so you guys will probably all be in bed by the time it's over with. Usually before uh, midnight West Coast time, because Hawaii usually, you know, doesn't, Hawaii's usually not the swing state, so uh, they're not waiting on Hawaii's polls to close before they, the, the news agencies will call it and say it's over. Um, well, this year, and- the concern is, is that because of all the mail-in ballots, and there's a few states who have state laws saying they can't even start processing any of the mail-in ballots until election day. There's concerns that they won't have all their counting done uh, for uh, several days. Whereas other states like California has uh, mail-in ballots and they've had, uh, you know, mail-in ballots by request for any reason for, for years now. But their law says that two weeks prior to election day, they can start processing the ballots, meaning that they can verify signatures with your DMV signature uh, and open up the, the envelopes and stack the ballots into the hoppers that load into the counting machines. Yeah. And so they've got all that pre-done so that then on election day, all they have to do is run it through the machines. And so um, states like California, which you know has a huge population, largest, most populous state in the country, will probably have all of their stuff done by you know before midnight tomorrow. But other states, uh, Pennsylvania for one, is not allowed to even touch the ballots until midnight tonight. You know, twelve oh one tonight, they can now start verifying signatures, and then open ballots and then load them into the counting machines. And so, um, but you the know, counting starts tomorrow, right? That's what you're saying. Generally, most states, I think there was only like one or two states. I, I, I found an article on this. There were only one or two states where they could actually start the counting early. And so before they start, you know, and usually it's like a week before or something. Any ballots that have come in, they can start counting. Um, and so some states allow that. But most of them say the actual counting can't start until Election Day. And mostly that's because they, they don't want any of that information to leak out and then, you know, sway people one way or the other, right? It's like, oh, my guy's way behind. I'm not going to bother. Or So it's, or, so it's mostly know. when the polls are closed is the way that you're saying they view it. After the so, polls close on tomorrow. Well, well, the, 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 the news agencies won't report results until after polls close. That's the policy that they've had for quite a while because, again, they don't want to um, historically, they they have. In fact, I think in some states they're even legally blocked from saying anything because they don't want that influencing voting, right? Because again, if you find out that a candidate is way ahead or way behind, you may choose not to vote, uh, and right. they want everybody to go vote. And so it's like we won't, you know, we'll talk right. about polls right up until until the polls close. And once the polls close, which is usually around eight o'clock or nine o'clock on the voting day, depending on the state and the location, uh, then. Um, you know, then they'll start talking about what they've got counted. And most county registrar of voters have a website, and you can go see what the votes are for everything locally and 
state and national for that county. Uh, and so news agencies will be watching those registrar voters web pages, you know, intently as they start getting updated usually. And they start getting updated after the polls close. Usually having worked in the news business for, for, uh, you know, 17 years, um, I was one of the guys sitting at the registrar of voters, making sure that we had a good feed back to the newsroom at the newspaper that I worked at many moons ago. Uh, and then having a brother who was in politics, I sat and watched the registrar of voters webpage because when I first did it, there was no web pages. So, you know, yeah. the newspaper had to watch it. But then uh, and I remember watching the newspaper, we would have multiple editions that night. And so the last edition would go to bed and most of the the things voted on were decided by that point but sometimes okay. you know the last edition's done at two or three in the morning uh to make people's doorsteps by you know four or five five in the morning six in the morning and mm -hmm. uh, sometimes there were some ballot measures or or certain uh uh things that were just too close to call at that point you know so that you would just publish that and just say here's what the vote is as of you know this time it's too close to call and yeah. uh you know, that's typical, especially in local elections where, you know, very often if you're running for like a city council somewhere, you know, uh, I mean, there's only the, the, the difference between the winner and the loser can sometimes be a few hundred votes. So, yeah. Yeah. Exciting yeah. Well, democracy happening all over the country. You know, I mean, even if you go away from the national stuff, you know, it's like just think about this. In, in cities and towns all over the country, there's people who, who, who go, you know, why, why don't they put a traffic light there next to the park? Why won't they do that? And so they run for city council so that they can try to get a traffic light next to the park so their kids can be safer. And, and so they're out there with their name on a ballot, meeting neighbors and getting signatures. And tomorrow night they find out if they get that opportunity. Yep. You know, it's kind of exciting well, when you think about it in the grassroots sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's only uh, when uh, we get these national every is it every other or every four years that we get a national. No, yeah, we have every two every two years. Or well, every national. two years we have a national because the House of Representatives is voted on every two years, so they have to run. They're basically yeah. running all the time. Um, the uh, national elections or the uh, presidential is every four, and the Senate is every six. So it, it's you know multiples of the other two so mm -hmm. but uh yeah two years we have a national so if you happen to be running in a local election on a an odd year where they're not having a national election literally the difference between winning and losing can sometimes be a few votes because they get much lower turnout in those years um uh, but by all accounts with the early voting coming in uh people have been voting online and and uh, not online but um voting with mail-in ballots and, and early voting in different states, uh, this is going to be one of the largest turnouts that we've ever had in terms of uh, um, recent years. In terms of, and, and in our country, we are traditionally, you know, electing our leadership by with less than 30% of our population. That's how few people who can vote do vote. So, right. um, you know, right. I think it's a good thing that we're getting more people out and, and involved. Um, yep. You know, I wish it was a little bit more um, cordial, but that's, you know, that's not democracy. Democracy is in the trenches, messy. dirty, messy democracy stuff. And messy, yes. It democracy. really is. You, Yeah, you want something to be absolutely smooth and easy, get a, a uh, dictator. 
Um, you know, yeah. democracy by its very nature leads to, you know, because it's a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, and people don't agree. People argue and, and yell and scream and call each other names, and, you know, that's yeah. life. Well, unfortunately, also, it's evolved into a... Uh, it's a, a uh, popularity contest. It's not about policies as much as it should be. I mean, yeah. uh, be, but people just assume that the that the historical party that they've been with is, will continue to do what they want done anyway. You know, and they don't get to end of the policies at all. So they just kind of yeah. vote on, on yeah party vote party lines. A lot, lot of party line voters. Uh, probably, I don't know, it was 50% or more. Uh, yeah. And then the rest are people maybe who spend a little time to to uh, dig into matters and make a decision on, yeah. on some more I would say it's basis. a lot more than 50%. There's, there's a huge number of people who just vote party lines and don't don't go any further than that. That's the, the yeah, extent I, of their... I, don't know. I don't know. I just never see any, any statistics on yeah. you know party line votes. But it seems like yeah. they... They think there are more strictly party line votes where, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I suspect that to be true because I look back, you know, I've been around this country for only 80 years now, so uh, I, I have a little bit of perspective from yeah. how it used to be. And the parties weren't that different uh, for most of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just become ter- terribly exaggerated, I'd say, in the last uh, 10 years, maybe, is mm-hmm. when it really took a turn for the worst. And uh, and that was because oftentimes, uh, at least I felt very surprised by some of the things that apparently uh, had been or maybe not even been talked about that were major became major issues for me out of the blue, mm-hmm. particularly during particularly during the Obama administration. I was yeah. I was just absolutely surprised, and, and yeah. I don't know where they came from. And I thought that's not right you know if, if, if we're going to do something like that people should have known that well before he was elected and, yeah and i don't think that i think he held back and, and yeah Biden i think every politician does that i think every politician says you know talks to the middle sounds reasonable and then gets in and does what they want to do or tries to do what they want to do and you hope that the balance of powers between the legislature and the and the executive and the judicial branch sort of creates a, a roadblock to them just running rampant but uh, sometimes they do to more or less success but anyway we're not really a political podcast so I don't want to delve into that too much you know yeah. something else that's been been breaking records iPhone 12 sales the iPhone 12 yeah. pro and iPhone 12 have outsold the iPhone 11 even during this covid times um, and in fact um, some t- stats are coming out now they're saying that the iPhone 12 pro which is the more expensive of the two, is uh, is outselling the iPhone 12, which doesn't surprise me initially because that's usually the fanboys and they'll always want the Pro the best, you know. Um, and this Friday, you'll be able to start making uh, purchases or, or uh, orders for, I guess orders. they'll ship a couple days later, for the iPhone Mini, which I know, a uh, 12 Mini, which I know a lot of people are looking forward to getting a phone that's small again. And then the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Good Lord, that's a mouthful. Um, iPhone 12 Pro Max, which is the largest phone that Apple has ever made. It's bigger than any Max phone that they have made previously, physically in size and in screen. So, um, yeah. I'm not getting a new phone. How about you? I'm not getting one either. 
I'm, yeah. I'm perfectly happy with what I have. Yeah, so we both go, <laughs> you know, you know I look at it, and it's got a new physical design. Um, you know, it's got supposedly better, less breakable glass, but, you know, I can't, I, I don't think I have, well, in fact, we talked about it. I have never broken the glass on any of my phones ever. Now, my yeah. kids have, but I have never broken the glass on any of my phones ever. Um, I take really good care of my technology. Um, so usually it looks almost new when I'm done with it, you know, and then yeah. I hand it down to kids or sell it or whatever. Um, the, um, uh, and so I'm looking at the iPhone 12 Pro and saying, and I've got an iPhone, I say, I, you're a couple generations back, I've got an iPhone 11 Pro. And I look at that and go, uh, so what is the delta difference that I'm getting here if I were to go spend that money? And when and I say that money, you're talking almost $1,000. And I just don't see that much difference, you know? I mean, yeah, it's got a little bit better camera. Always has a little bit better camera. Um, you know, it's got the new design. Okay. It's got a little bit less battery life. So it's actually a step back yep. in battery life. Um, you know, now if I had a, you know, an older phone, I might consider it, but I like my phone. And I, I came from the iPhone 7 prior to the 11. And the 7, I thought, was the best phone I had ever had. Um, and to this day, if I were to say my my favorite iPhone, it was probably still that 7. Um, the one that I enjoyed the most when I first picked it up was the iPhone 5. I loved that size and that feel. And those chamfered edges, that, that to me, that was my favorite phone. And so I think the iPhone 12 mini is in, in, interesting to me because it's, it's not quite that small, but it's getting down there again. Um, I used to get always get the Pro, the Max ones, and I just got tired of carrying a big phone. So I have the 11 Pro, not the 11 Pro Max. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, I, you know I, oh, 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 and then I guess, I guess the big difference, right? 5G. So if you're in a place that has 5G signal, you can get faster connections. Slightly faster for most cases. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. not even the, a big the, deal. Yeah. The millimeter wave stuff is only in limited uh, large urban areas and um, and has very limited distance. And, and, you know, it's like you can on this block between these two streets, you can get really high speed. Other places, it's just going to drop back down to, they say, 50%, up to 50% higher than LTE. But in most real world tests that we're hearing about that people have tried it, they're saying, yeah, it's faster. It's slightly faster, but it's not like, wow, you know. <laughs> and quite frankly, for the most part, um, the delays that I've seen, you know, or any speed that I've seen, or issues that I've had with speed on my phone have been because the web page itself, you know, the server that it's on isn't loading the page that quickly. It's not like I, I don't feel like I'm waiting around um, long periods of time for stuff to download into my phone. So, um, you know, yeah, if it got faster, that would be great, but it ain't there yet. So me anyway, me. they're saying the pandemic is driving the sales for the 12. Why sure would the pandemic? Why. Yeah, I would. You know, that that's a mobile device that would be out somewhere. I guess because you want something to play with at home. I I, I don't yeah. know. Now, something that was interesting. Apple like gave their their uh, um, their quarterly results, and they broke records for the highest quarterly results ever for this time period or this this quarter. And their iPhone sales were actually down a little bit. Now that's because it was the tail end of the eleven. Normally during this this quarter there would have been one month of the new phone sales, but the twelve was delayed because of COVID, so those numbers weren't in there. 
um, which has it's funny because it has some people causing the stock price to go down a little bit because oh no the sales went down well it's pretty explainable um, they're they're having record sales they just weren't in that quarter because they announced it a month later than they normally do um, but the thing that was really interesting is mm-hmm. this last quarter Apple sold more Macs than they have in the history of the Mac. In 30 years of the Mac, that was the best quarter ever for Mac sales. Well, it's, that that I understand being driven by the disease. You know, if you're staying right. at home, yeah. or, you know, whatever. So Yeah, yeah exactly. You have a, a desktop and two laptops, and there's four of you at home. Somebody needs another computer. You can't share them because you're all online at the same time. So right. that makes some sense. But it also, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people, I think most of the world, it's like, I need a computer. I go find a good deal, buy a computer. You and I would be right now. I would never, ever, ever. If I if my computer died, I would work with a stone tablet and a chisel before I'd buy a Mac right now. You know, because because we both know that the new Macs that'll be based on completely different architecture will be yeah. out before the end of the year. It's you know we're months away. I mean, it's two months. Rumor has yeah, it that they'll um, that that uh, either tomorrow or next Tuesday they'll announce a. Uh, well, but uh, you another... see, they're looking at the blowout sales. That's what that's what a lot of people do. They don't they don't know what's inside. They just you know, yeah. Hey, but Apple doesn't really blow out anything anyway. I mean, you might get, you might get a hundred dollars off on a computer. Apple doesn't have blowout sales. No, no. But I'm saying some of the stores are clearing out stuff. I I saw some yeah. sales not too long ago. Well, in fact, yeah. didn't uh, isn't Amazon in almost what they're calling a Black Friday mode or something like that? Yeah, well, they've said that in the in the retail world that uh, basically because of concerns with COVID that most of your retailers are sort of Black Friday from here to the end of the year. You know, that they're not yeah. going to be they're not that, that there's not going to be like everything saved up for one special day. They're trying to get you to, to part from your money right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, OK, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I just I noticed the first thing I uh brought up my ipad this morning is that they're now apple's now trying to get you to double your uh two terabyte cloud storage to four terabyte with a plan that costs only half as much as the first two terabytes you know right so, uh, if, if you're well, running they, they... toward the limits you know this might you know i, sure. I don't know how long the sale or back in these are just back new prices. In... it's new pricing they changed their their pricing and their tiers a little bit back in uh in September, they announced, along with their uh, the new iPad Air and uh, the uh, what was it they announced then? It was the iPod Air and something else? It was it was before the um, was that when they did the the new little HomePod Mini too? Anyway, they announced Apple One, which is a a, a package where you can get uh, Apple TV Plus, which is five bucks four ninety nine if you buy it by itself. And people who got that free for buying a phone, um, that's expiring shortly. So that's that's why you know that comes into it. Uh, iCloud, uh, the Apple Music, um, the yep. Apple Arcade, yep. a new Apple Exercise, Apple Fitness will come out before the end of the year. And there was one more thing in there. Oh, Apple News. So you get all six of those, and you could do it for one person for fifteen bucks. For a family, for twenty or for twenty, you got four out of the six, and for thirty, you got all of them, including the largest, um, 
data storage amount, which they bumped from two to four gigabytes. So for 30 bucks, you can get a month, you can get all of those things. And if you were, you know, if you do the math, I was paying for um, three out of them, it added up to almost 30 bucks as it was. So it was much more made more sense for me to go ahead and pay the 30 bucks and get all six. Um, And so, you know, for some people, it makes a lot of sense for other people, it's not, but it was a bundle. I don't pay for any of them. Yeah. Well, you pay for iCloud, don't you? Oh, I do have iCloud, yeah. Yeah, so you pay for backup storage. Yeah. So, you know. But but I don't pay for music or news yeah. or any of those other things. Right. Well, I like using Apple News, and when you don't have their subscription, about half, it seems like the, the first thing in each category, at least, if not multiple things, you click on it, it says, you know, to read this, you have to do your Apple News subscription, so it's not well, just well, free I've, news. I've learned what the indicator is on the little things. They got their little Apple symbol down there, or something. That right. Mean, meaning that yes. you got it's going to be paid for. So I don't click on those unless I just happen to accidentally touch it. You know. Yeah, yeah. You have to kind of decide what you want, but sometimes it's a topic or something that I'm interested in. But now I can't read it here. What I have found yeah. though is very often if you if you type in the the headline and then go into a browser and search for that exact same headline, you can find that story other places. It's just more work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and yeah. some of it's behind a paywall. Like if the, the uh, Apple will carry wall street journal stuff that you can actually click on and read. Whereas if you go and search for that and find the wall street journal article online, the wall street journal article, so you have to have a subscription with the wall street journal to read it. So, you know, there are some things like that cause they've got some deals with the wall street journal. And I think, they used to have the L.A. Times. I don't know if they still have the L.A. Times, but there were a couple like major news outlets that were tied in that way, which was kind of uh, interesting. So you have um, AirPods Pro, correct? Uh, AirPod. Uh, that's the EarPod. You mean? They're AirPod. called AirPods. They're called AirPods, not EarPods. Oh, they are AirPods. Yeah, oh, AirPods. Well, okay. That's what I have. But you, the pro, you have those, kind of a, and you have the pro. There's some new ones going to be announced pretty soon. I, I see. Well, pro, um, pro, that there's been, it's been rumored. I have, uh, you know, that that we'll see if that actually happens. The reason I was bringing it up is apparently there's a fair number of people who have had some sound issues with their AirPods Pro, um, specifically oh, really? um, specifically with the noise cancellation and making some crackling and popping sounds. And I've actually experienced that in one of my two, my right ear only. And so Apple has now um, announced a service program for people who have sound issues with it. So they've now acknowledged that there's a problem. And uh, for up to two years after you purchased it, they will deal with it. There's One of the issues is crackling or static sounds that increase in loud environments uh, with exercise or while talking on the phone. The other issue is active noise cancellation not working as expected, such as loss of bass sound or increasing uh, increase in background sounds, and such as street or airplane noises. So the the noise canceling, like fades in and out, and hmm. so um, and at an Apple or Apple authorized service provider, they have uh, a means of testing them and finding out if there's an issue with them. They can put them into this little like device that will then test them out and if they fail that test then they will be replaced or repaired free of charge and generally at Apple they just replace it and fix the one that they take from you yeah or just throw it away and 
call well, it a loss. I, I don't know. I've I've been real happy with mine. So, yeah. And you uh, use them every night. And, well, and I had some issues. Too. Yeah, I, I use mine a lot too, and I had some issues and actually had to swap uh, them out. One of them out back in December. I, I, in fact, I think you went. Uh, we were visiting at Christmas time, and I think you went with me to the Apple Store. This is pre-COVID when we could actually go places, and mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, I just noticed recently that I was getting some real. I, it sounded like somebody was typing on a keyboard next to me, but nobody was typing. You could hear the in my right ear, and so I kept looking to my right to go, "What is that? What is that?" And it's like, "Oh, it's in the AirPod." So. So that would be the crackling or static sound um, that I was hearing. So I'm probably going to get a hold of the Apple folks and see what I need to do. Um, but uh, apparently you can find an Apple authorized service provider, make an appointment at Apple retail store, or contact Apple support. And again, in this time of COVID, I don't know. I don't even know if our stores are open right now. Um, I know they were closed for a while, and maybe they're open, but for limited access or you know with with spacing internally or i don't know how that all works i'll have to figure it out but yeah. uh you know i don't want to let it keep going because it is annoying yeah anyway uh when you started talking about uh, crackling and a disturbance in your ears it reminds me of was just last night mom was having problems with our doggy and there we it got real cold here last night but then there were some strange sounds apparently out in the backyard last night, and Mom even was a little scared when she opened the door and heard some. And the doggy was frightened and come running in. And then way late into the night, she was getting panicky. So we we don't know what it was, but like she was hearing something or something going on. Mm-hmm. Although Mom Mom didn't say she heard, she didn't hear it anymore either. But you know. Dogs are funny so, about that. You never know what to do because you know they have yeah. better senses than we do and hearing and and yeah. Well, and your dog is pretty small, so I mean it could have been you know. And there's woods and stuff around there. I mean you had deer go walking by, but you know just like deer, you know a bobcat or a, or a, a raccoon or something could come walking by, you yep. know, or a skunk, and any of those things would be you know not not be a pleasant encounter for for a small dog. So, but but especially when Sue had said she heard something that was she thought was in the backyard. So she thinks some some small animal maybe uh, was out mm-hmm. there and uh, something enough to to squirrel too. You know, we got a lot of them put around. fear into your dog. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I know. I've got small dogs too, but I have a couple of them, and so they run as a pack. And I've had them um, corner on more than one occasion, corner a possum, and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, possum's not pleasant. You know, people always think, oh, well, they'll just fall over and play dead. No, they fight first. <laughs> oh, yeah. They bare their teeth and they look vicious. <laughs> yeah. They they kind of rear up and, and they've got claws and teeth. And uh, um, I've got a dog with a got a nasty scrape on his nose to 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 testify to that fact. Um, yeah, I, and I, I one of them lost are... a, lost a tooth biting into one of them. So. <laughs> I've encountered a lot of possum in my life, but I've never before. Uh, we lived when we lived in Grand Terrace. We had that bit vine uh, growing just out to the right of the door. Uh huh. Grapes. Door. Yeah. And I opened that one time only to see this guy looking right at my face with his mouth wide open, 
<laughs> oh, yeah. the they hiss. Out of me. Yeah, and yeah. they hiss like a cat. Yeah, to see something like that. And they're a good-sized animal. You know, you don't want to see it like, like you said, head high looking at you. Uh, that's right. If they're on the ground, that's a lot different, you know. But when they're right at your face level. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah anyway. that'll jump you out of your shorts. A, a little aside <laughs> A little aside from our tech discussion there. <laughs> yeah. The doggies yeah. in our life do get attention. They do. They do. Well, and, and as for the possums, I will caution people to say that, you know, A, leave them alone. They're wild animals. But generally speaking, they eat insects and uh, and bugs and stuff. And, uh, I mean, they're kind of omnivores, but that's their primary thing. And they're generally considered kind of positive and passive. They don't do much harm. So um, just leave your possums alone. Uh, you know, and, and they're transient. They will like have a place, a burrow, but they will not stay there. They will travel on. They have multiple of them. So if, you know, if, if you see them a couple times, then they'll pass on and, and not be in the area anymore. Um, uh, I have a, um, some security cameras outside my house and, uh, I, one morning noticed, I got a notification that there was movement and I went and looked at it in the middle of the night and at one o'clock there's a possum trotting. He go, comes down one side of the house, goes around through a fence, and then down the other side of the house, climbed up into an avocado tree and was eating avocados. Yeah. So he wasn't just eating bugs. Apparently, he's also eating avocados. I said, well, yeah. didn't get that one in time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, getting back to the techie stuff, I saw in one article that looked like uh, uh-huh. Tim Cook was teasing maybe air tags. at least uh, the Mac Daily News folks thought so. Yeah, well, he said there's more to come. So you know, he, he that was at the um, during their their uh, financial meeting for their for the quarterly report. Yeah, that, uh, and and he uh, implied that uh, Apple ain't done yet. So which we all knew. I mean, whether it's AirTags or not, they they said that they would have their first uh, Mac out that runs on Apple uh, silicone on Apple chips. Right. Uh, and so we're expecting they're going to announce that. The question is, is it just going to be that or it will be that coupled with something else? I really am looking forward to the air tags. I just I can think of several applications. I think those make a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, it's a new new arena. And it's always mm-hmm. exciting to see what what they'll be used for and how they work out. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm also very interested in seeing what they're going to do with the form factor with the Mac. I mean, there's a lot of people saying they think that the the first silicone, uh, Apple silicone Mac is going to be essentially a reintroduction of that little 12 inch Mac. So it's going to be super thin and, uh, you know, because it, it, it doesn't require uh, a fan or anything. It's going to run like an iPad, um, mm-hmm. but it'll have a built in keyboard. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, it also makes a lot of sense to make it one of those uh, sort of like Lenovo makes or Asus makes where you flip it all the way around backwards and then you can hold it and use the t- a touchscreen on it, which Apple has not done touchscreens previously. But they've also said that, that, their Mac, that Apple Silicon Macs will be able to run iPhone and iPad applications directly on them so that, you know, um, I, iPhone OS, iOS and iPad OS will now become subsets of Mac OS essentially yeah. Uh, yeah which is very well, interesting well well to me i i won't be out there in the market for either of those new machines mm-hmm. or, uh, I don't, it, it, probably just be a couple of them uh but i would i would really be excited if they would do the a flip type of a, a thing 
because when you when you get that, like you said, I just as soon have my my uh, iPad and and uh, computer be one and the same device. Right. Yeah, I think that you know they when they when they have the operating system working the way they're talking about it, the way they projected it, that that opens the opportunity for some different hardware configurations that they have not done. Other people have, but they have not done yet. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I that. think it's def- it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. You know. Yeah. So the question is, is that some? Yeah, is it something that they come out and they want to really like wow everybody right off the bat? So that's that'll be one of the ones they introduce at the beginning. Or initially, is it going to look like existing Macs physically and just have uh, the new capabilities built in with the new chip? You know, and I've actually heard, and I've thought that one of the early ones that they will introduce will also be a Mac Mini. To me, that makes sense because it's one that runs, you know, essentially the same chip as the laptops anyway, um, and uh, and they can do a lot there and, and increase horsepower and capabilities in that yeah. form factor. Well, now that uh, but that, I, that that would be wonderful for me because my mini is getting really old. I can't right. even get the latest OS on it anymore. So I, yeah, you know, I and I wouldn't and you hopefully could get into that for a lot less money, you know. Right. One would think. I mean, right now I think they they're not. You know, when they first introduced the mini, it was a, like a four ninety nine computer. But the most recent update, I think the cheap basic model was seven ninety nine. So it's not a not a super cheap computer anymore. It's still, but it's it's an inexpensive desktop if you've got the other parts and pieces. Right. Uh, of course, of course, if you filled it up with the max amount of memory and the max amount of of uh, storage space and everything, I think it still went up over three thousand dollars. So, it wasn't like it was a bargain. Uh, right. But a lot of flexibility in that tiny little box. So, we'll see yep. what happens. I read an article by somebody. Actually, I guess I was listening on a podcast, um, and he said that he thought they were going to come in and make a big splash, that they were going to come in and do something like the uh, Mac Pro or the iMac Pro on Apple Silicon and show people, you know, everybody's going to think they're coming in at the low end with, with you know, power-constrained and, and battery-driven type systems and because they uh, can do that easily because essentially they've already done it with the iPad. And he thought they were going to come in and, and was guessing that they were going to surprise everybody and say, no, this is going to be an Apple Silicon Mac that beats the best Intel Macs and back the best Intel everything. They're going to have the fastest and most powerful desktop computer you can buy and come out of the gate that way. Well, um, that, that sounds that sounds very, very much Apple-ish, right? It does, doesn't it? Here's the new Apple Silicon, yeah. and it's better than anything else on the planet. Right. Yeah. I thought he made a case for that. I, I, I don't think that's what they'll do, but I thought he made a case for it. Yeah. Well, I hope they do. I yeah. hope they do. Yeah. Because, but, but that would kind of have a diminishing impact on, uh, on uh, Intel. Yeah, well, that's a given. They're, yeah. they're going to... Um, they're not only going to switch from Intel. They wouldn't be doing it if they didn't know that they could beat Intel at every level with every computer. Yeah. You know, and that includes yeah. their you know, $45,000 Mac Pro fully loaded you know, blow your mind type computer. Um, yep. You know, and they're, they're absolutely confident that they can make a computer that's going to beat that. It, you uh, know, in fact, in fact, when you start to contemplate that, it just seems like that that would be a necessary thing. Come out of the, come out of the thing with all, all engines running, you know? Yeah. Go, go maxed out. You know, what can we do? 
Yeah. I mean, from a marketing perspective, you know, you put that one out there and you know that's a low volume computer anyway. I mean, they're not selling a whole bunch of those Mac Pros, comparatively yeah. speaking, you know. I mean, MacBook Airs are the things that everybody wants. That's, you know, so much so that when they tried to replace it with a 12-inch MacBook, they had to bring back the MacBook Air in an updated version because that's what everybody wants. You know, they mm-hmm. fa- they found the form factor everybody wants. So, And right. that's the one that, you know, was cloned by Dell and by IBM. And, I mean, they all kind of went to that, you know, minimalist aluminum case. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's all variations on a theme. But, you know, laptops didn't look that way until the MacBook Air came along. And, uh, and so that one, that one seems obvious that they'll do something like that. But, uh, the, um, it, it, uh, I, yeah, I, you know, the more you think about it, the more you go like, well, yeah, yeah, maybe they would do that. Maybe they would just come out with like this, this, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, bleeding edge so fast that you can't believe it computer, um, you know, and knowing that they don't have to make a whole bunch of them because, you know, so they can ease into their production uh, work because, you know, there aren't that um, many to be sold at that level. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that uh, makes, makes one more excited to, to look forward to the announcement. Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's funny because it probably has more impact on me, but I'm I'm more interested in in that announcement than I am the results from tomorrow in the election to be honest. Oh yeah. I have more <laughs> I have a lot more enthusiasm for what's going to come with Apple. I, you know, this is a I mean it's really an exciting time to be an Apple fan just because of all those changes they're making in their um in their uh systems. Yeah. You know. And and and, uh, and, and by the way, I'm I'm sure glad I'm not an Apple stockholder anymore because I know how probably thousands of stockholders felt in the last few days you know they come out with a good great report uh, financial report and what does the stock do man it really tanks it's yeah because apple's still because still down this morning it, it started to blip mm-hmm. up but then it turned around again so yeah uh, I, i've been there i looked at that. it just That's, before we went we went on air yeah and it's 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 down uh, almost a full dollar at 107 that's really disheartening, you know. Yeah. A- well, that's a bunch of people saying, looking at one thing, iPhone sales were down, and not understanding, yeah. like we said, that iPhone sales should be down because uh, none of the new phones were in that quarter because they pushed them back. So yeah. you know, you're, you're looking at it's not an apples to apples comparison from last year. Anyway, I'm, you know? I'm looking and overall up- revenue it should be should be a huge positive, right? It's like Man, they don't have to rely solely on the Apple iPhone to, excuse me, for their for their revenue. Yep. As a company, they're finding lots of other ways to make money. So anyway, uh, it's uh, so if you're an investor, been, maybe it's a good time to be buying. It's, it's been a real shocker, you know. It says uh, I'm looking at the stock uh, cur- curve here, and and on the thirtieth, I guess it was, it just immediately tanked from 117 down to about about 110 and since then mm-hmm. it's gone on down to 108 now yeah so yeah well like i said it was 107 when i just checked it a minute ago um oh. so yeah i will i will preface this by anybody who happens to listen to this neither of us are licensed um uh stock traders nor do we purport purport to give you any 
information about actual stock trading and, and, and we'll, you know, we're, we're just guys talking about it. So just uh, looking take it at for it. What yeah. It's, yeah. Take it for what it's worth. Our opinions are not, uh, not to be used for making financial decisions <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or use, use our opinions at your own risk. Um, but you know, but you know, when that tank happened, it wasn't just them. I mean, Microsoft and, you know, most yeah. of them took this big, this big drop, just a major yeah. correction, you know, 10 points. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of correcting going on, too, because the perception is, is that that uh, Trump has been very um, uh, pro-business and that they're they're girding their loins in case uh, Biden wins. And so they're kind of pre-correcting because the assumption is that he will be less pro-business. And so, oh. you know, that's where because of the election, this happens every time there's an election. There's sort of a the stock market either drops down a little bit or or just freezes for the most part till they know what happens, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just the reaction to political change. So, yep. yeah, you never know. You never know. Well, so. I'll have to say while I was in the market, when Obama was in the presidency, I did pretty damn well. Couldn't yeah. Complain. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean it, it, that, that, it, that's it, it didn't care. It didn't uh, compare, though, with the growth that Apple saw after uh, uh, Trump took over. Uh, this last year has been absolutely crazy for Apple. Yeah. And well, I wasn't I think, in the market thinking, oh, I man, think I that uh, trying to use political wins as a way to decide what you're going to do in the market is is yeah. uh, dicey at best, you know, and it also shows that we probably give too much credit and too much blame to the guy who happens to be sitting in the Oval Office for the way the markets go. You know, well, I it's, mean, it's in a larger sense, they, yeah, it's, but it's in a larger stuff. sense, they have, you know, they have impact on it, but, but uh, the, the day to day, you know, I mean, especially if you're doing like day trading, that's like, you know, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's that's not, it's not driven speculative it's, sport. Yeah. It is, and it's not driven by politics, you know. I mean, that's just one aspect of it. But And again, we're not stock tips, we're not stock traders, so we're not sharing, you know, any kind of uh, here's the way to go get rich and pay attention to us because we'll, we'll lead you to the promised land because we certainly won't. Uh, if we had that magic sauce, we'd both, uh, both be deciding, you know, which uh, vacation home we wanted to add to our portfolio right now. Yeah. So... Um, let's see. Oh, Apple, uh, also just broke on, uh, Friday. Apple was ordered to pay VertX another $502.8 million for patent infringement. So they have those kind of, uh, things going on. Now, this was a jury ruling, which means that Apple will now appeal it. They'll, you know, go back and forth a few times to see whether or not they should, uh, Hey, uh, there's, but apparently, there's not a there's not a large company in the world that didn't get large by stealing from the little guys, and it happens so much, mm -hmm. especially when they're they're younger, but they still continue that habit because they think they can get away with it. And the reason they yeah. do it is because they got a whole staff of lawyers and they want to keep them working. Yeah, well, on the flip side of that too is is I think our whole. Um, uh, patent holding system needs to be revisited at some point because you know sometimes there is these you know these leech companies that don't make anything or do anything all they do is make their money by suing people because they own some patents and it's not even a patent they developed they yeah. just bought the rights to the patent and so the guy who did all the work and developed this thing 
you know, got bought out. And and now it's just somebody using this as a way to make money, which I think owning patents as an investment source is, is not something that we as a country should be be you know backing or allowing. But it is what it is. This has to do with um, VPN on demand. An iPhone feature lets people access virtual private networks. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's this, uh, see, and that's not even a like a patent of a thing. That's a, that's a process. They've patented a process. And it just seems wrong to me, you know, steps to do something is a, you can patent the steps to do something. That's like saying, I'm going to patent a recipe. And if you use my recipe, I can sue you for, because you're using the same steps that I used and my steps well, are my steps. In software, they, they do it with copyright mostly, I think. That, no, because, that's the problem. They don't. <laughs> oh, well, some of it is, I thought. Yeah. Some of it, they copyright it as well. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know making sense you copyright and patent but that's the problem is there's software patents and patents weren't originally designed for software or for for processes or or virtual things they were it was designed for a physical design and so the law is poorly written for what the way we're using it yeah but by the same token having invented a lot of interesting software early on uh the uh the guy who puts a lot of effort into software certainly does a lot of work and he can be ripped off just real easy in fact, it used sure. to happen all the time in the hobby market. You know, if you had anything that was any good, you didn't you didn't let anybody know about it. You just sold it, and people, you know, so people could use it and make your profit that way as quickly as you could, because it yeah. wasn't going to last long. Yeah. Well, and even then, they would, um, you know, even if they didn't have figure out your code or get your code, they would very often um, do what they called black box development. Right? You'd put a set of uh, people together, and they would say. You know, this comes in, this comes out. You could have different code inside to make it happen, um, and, and that that passed the muster in laws. Like I said, I just think I think we need to revisit the laws and how that stuff is protected. I'm not saying it shouldn't be protected, but it should be protected differently. And I also am a fan of it's protected for a period of time and then it becomes public. You yeah. know, well, and that well, was the original think- idea of patents was to protect you so mm-hmm. that you could make money for your effort for a period of time. But then companies like Disney got involved and, and got the laws changed so that they could have access to their mouse for in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a strange business because uh, mm-hmm. anybody in any kind of business that contributes creatively to the whatever, you know, to their business in any way. Have, has always got copiers. They're always out there. And yeah. Look at you know, Android. And if, yeah. Yep. Well, that's that was uh, what uh, you know. Everybody felt that Apple opened it, the market up, but that mm-hmm. one got in there early and yeah, you know, and outsells it three to one. And, and, and had a company behind it that had a lot of money. You know, if yep. if if, if uh, Google didn't already have their, uh, their their ad sales for search and all that. Uh, they couldn't have done what they did, right? Because App- Apple would have sued them and they'd have fallen apart, right? You know. Well, and but Apple they, has never sued them because, again, the way the laws are written, they sue the people who make devices that use it, but they don't. Yeah. They haven't sued them directly because they give it away. Yeah. And so there's there's some issues there saying that they're not causing. You know, they're not gaining commercially from having copied it because they copied it and gave it away. But right. they're clearly, I mean, they, they, they've, in court cases, have, have, through discovery, you know, shown that 
that Google was essentially uh, Android was essentially a copy of um, the Raspberry or the the not the Raspberry the um, the um, the BlackBerry uh, operating mm-hmm. system with a keyboard at the bottom, you know, half screen, half keyboard, and right. that's that was the design right up until the iPhone was announced. And when the iPhone right. was announced, they trashed that design and said, "Nope, we're copying that one instead." So they knew immediately that was the way things were going to go, and yep. immediately started work to copy it. And they were a couple years behind, and a couple years later, they had their OS out and immediately started giving it away. Um, you know, so yep. the way they went about it protected them uh, and put all of the hardware manufacturers well, using it in the well, sites because, of Apple because Apple. Uh, didn't want to be a, a monopoly too had a lot to do with it so they stayed at the high end they said we'll yeah. just take the big profits but but i don't want right. to be in a monopoly and bring all that world on me so there were a lot of things right. that worked together well that's and- it yeah apple's strategy is that it's actually worked to apple's benefit because as, as we pointed out they they you know was it three quarters of the of the uh smartphone sold or android phones apple's mm-hmm. only about a quarter of them worldwide that's the actual number of units but the amount of revenue is like the exact opposite. Apple's like 75, 80% of the revenue on smartphones and right. the Android phones are, you know, 20, 25%. So, um, you know, Apple's and, strategy has turned out to be very, very wise indeed. Oh, that, oh, that was a great strategy. That was a great yeah. strategy. Yeah. And that's largely Tim Cook, you know, I yeah. mean, uh, jobs was there at the front end of that, but Tim Cook was the operations guy and, uh, and I mean, it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was a team effort, but you know. Yeah, uh, and when you don't have to produce as many things in order to make more money, uh, yeah, you know that's that's a tremendous advantage. It is, it really is. You know, it's funny because you know people talk about Steve, or, uh, Steve Jobs being a genius, but I mean, I really think Apple has been, after having been incredibly unlucky after Jobs left initially and having a string of CEOs that didn't really do a particularly good job and were basically killing the company, Jobs mm-hmm. came back, saved the company, and then Cook has been every bit as good as Jobs, if not better, in terms of Always the right guy better. to be moving this thing going there, forward. There, there was a lot of criticism early on because there was just way too many Apple uh, uh, fans, Jobs fans, that made him a saint, you know? I mean, it got yeah. to be a religion almost. So it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he made all the right moves to save the company. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, his passing was a sad thing. But, you know, and who's who's to say how involved he would still be and where the company would be had he still been there. Uh, but clearly, Tim Cook was the right man at the right time for that job and has taken that company just, you know, to the outer limits in terms of, I mean, to the largest company in the world, you know, it's that's to the most right. successful, you know, financially comp- company in, in the world. Um, yeah, they, they got lucky to have two CEOs back to back who very clearly knew what they needed to do and, and, and were the right men for their time, um, you know. And so yep. uh, although there's been no hints of it at this point, that that would be the question, I think, for anybody to go back to investing, which, again, we are not investment uh, people. But, um, you know, <laughs> how long is Tim Cook going to be there? You know, yeah, and, and what kind of li- who, who do they really have lined up? I mean, they've talked about the guy who's currently this chief operating officer is possibly being the next guy in line. But, uh, you know, there there used to be talk about Johnny Ive being uh, uh 
better guy, but clearly isn't. Yeah. He no, made I think John. I think he was a great designer, but I think some of his design choices were also very limiting. I think that honestly, I think Johnny Ives' departure, while Johnny was also getting tired of what he was doing, I think, I think Tim Cook orchestrated that a little bit as well. I think he was yeah. he was seeing we're we're designing ourselves into some corners here. You know, when the, when the Mac Pro basically crashed and burned because they made it look like a giant toilet paper roll um and you know and there was no yeah. room for any growth i mean it, there was, it was just like no that was the that was a bad decision that was design over function and first and foremost our stuff has to function it can look pretty but it has to work it has to be able to you know do what we people buy it to do and and, and, you know, and, and the other thing is that most of the users sitting in the back room uh didn't really give a rats about the look of it very much i mean that wasn't a big part of their life you know yeah that it looked oh there were a cool. bunch of people who had mac pros who said just put it in a box you had a perfectly fine yeah. design put it in a box and give me enough power to do what i need to do you know yeah. exactly it's it sits under my desk anyway i don't care it, it, yeah <laughs> in fact they cared more about what the uh, screen looked like than anything else that was all that mattered. Yeah. if you wanted to get fancy you'd get clever right. with the screen and make that more functional yeah, which they did. I mean, they came out and gave them, you know, the most color accurate screen that you can get for under forty thousand dollars. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're in that business, that screen is is amazing. Although I've heard several people who are like programmers and stuff who who uh, who went and got that Mac Pro because they wanted the expandability and they buy computers once every ten years, so they wanted something they could live with over a long period of time. And they said, and I wanted a screen that matched. And I don't want to have to spend $6,000 because I could care less about all that beautiful color matching. I would just like a nice big screen that, that's Apple branded. And that doesn't exist. So yeah. um, maybe they'll do that at some point, you know, because, uh, you know, you can get a $1,000 screen that's a standard computer screen that looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That would serve most people, you know, like if you're a musician and, you, and you're going to be doing, you know, 100 different virtual uh uh, instruments and you know and, and you need that high-end processing machine you really don't need that color perfect color corrected studio monitor on yeah. your computer you know you, you could get by and and apple's response at this point is well lg makes a perfectly fine you know 5k computer or screen rather monitor but well and Ap- it, a lot of the really apple people a- are going but but the box is underneath all i see is this stupid lg screen i want something that says apple on it that looks nice and matches you know i want it all to look nice too yeah so but Why can't you do both? Is, is is that the margins weren't there with the in the screen and display business, right? You know, it would have hurt Apple's margins. Yeah, but Apple could take what most people sell as a five hundred dollars screen and sell it for a thousand with an, you know, make it look pretty and slap an Apple logo on it. And the yeah. Apple, the people who are buying the forty thousand dollar computers, will buy that. I guess I guess Apple's point is, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do it later. Right now, we got them buying a six thousand dollars screen. So why would we go the other way? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, is what it is, I guess. Yep. So, anyway, I'm kind of I'm looking forward to that announcement to say when they're going to tell us what's what's next. Yeah, they didn't give any dates on any of this stuff, so I don't know. You know, December. I. It's either going to come at the front of the month or it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. um, I've heard a couple rumors saying that they're going to, you know, like they usually do these on Tuesdays. So if they announce it tomorrow on the 3rd, then it'll be on the 10th. 
if they announce it on the 10th, it'll be on the 17th. The date of the 17th is the one that I heard because the following week is Thanksgiving week and they won't do it that week. So they're probably going to do an announcement sometime in the next three weeks. Uh, well, it probably won't be this week, so you know, but it'll be the two following weeks, and that then mm-hmm. it may not ship until the end of the year. You know, so they'll yeah. get it out the door at least in limited quantities by the end of the year because they said they would have it out and shipping the first Apple Silicon Max by the end of the year. But yeah. um, uh, I wouldn't be a bit. I mean, you know, it might be nice if they could get something out so people could theoretically have it by Christmas, but I don't know that they will. And quite frankly, you know. I would have thought if they were doing something super high production, like the uh, idea of that uh, uh, MacBook Air or the or a new 12-inch MacBook that that runs on this, we would be hearing it from all of the um, Chinese uh, leakers, you know, because yeah. that have to be in production already, because that's a high volume sales item, right? So, and we haven't heard anything. I mean, it's just been like mums the word, which makes me think yeah. more and more that the guy who was saying. Uh, it was John Gruber uh, who said it that it, that hey maybe they're just going to launch a Mac Pro and they're going to blow people's minds with instead of bringing in at the low end they're going to bring in the highest end Mac they've got and replace that with Apple Silicon first. And yeah, because they, because they produce those in Texas even don't they? Yeah, yeah, they make them they they assemble them in Texas. It's you know it's it's something they could keep more wraps on. They make much fewer of them, so you know it would be a, a, a easier to keep it secret. So yeah. you know. Good way to think start. about it. Then. I think we figured it out, Todd. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, that's what we'll say. We're gonna, you're, that's, you're going to vote for that, huh? I would say yeah. I um, <laughs> when I first heard it, I would have given it maybe twenty percent credence. Having thought about it today, I'm, I'm sitting fifty fifty. Fifty fifty that they'll do uh, the uh, replace the Mac Pro or the iMac Pro, one of the two. But I honestly think that the iMac Pro is going to disappear. I don't think I think the new iMac running on Apple Silicon they're going to go wide differentiate between the Pro and the non-Pro. You're just going to have a continuum of iMac from from basic iMac all the way up to the most high-powered iMac and then the next step up is the Mac Pro which is the separate monitor and box. Uh how many models do they have now? Well, right now they have an iMac and there's like, you know, 15 different ways to configure it and then they have an iMac Pro. The iMac tops out at about Fifty nine hundred dollars, like about six thousand dollars, and the iMac Pro starts right about there, just a little less, and goes on up, and you can spend up to I think thirteen thousand on an iMac Pro, and then the the Mac Pro starts at about eleven thousand dollars and goes up to about forty five thousand dollars price wise. So that's their wow. range with a little. Each one overlaps a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine a forty five thousand dollars? Those are made for for you know TV production studios and stuff. That's who has sure. those. You know, oh yeah, I mean that—that's not for you and me. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- that's crazy. Boy. But the difference right now between the the iMac Pro and the Mac and the regular iMac is the iMac Pro, just like the Mac Pro, uses Intel's um, Itanium chipset, which is a different chipset than than is in most of their computers. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when you're switching to Mac Silicon, there's no longer a difference in the chipset. So why would the iMac and the iMac Pro have any differentiation at all? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I was, again, thinking about, you know, how long Apple will maintain their relationship with the Intel uh, chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they said uh, two years when they it, announced it. They said they would they, be completely switched in two years. You said what? 
when they announced that they were going to start selling Macs with Apple Silicon, they said uh-huh. the process of switching their entire line would take them two years. And the first ones, that was in June. And they said that they mm-hmm. would ship their uh, their first ones before the end of the year. Yeah. Well, e- even so, it, it'll be de- more dependent on demand, regardless of when they can convert. You know, they want to stay in the business that uh, people want machines in. But the main thing I see is that in the standard business machines, uh, they're going to save enough money that they'll have pricing leverage over those people selling Intel chips. You know, so mm-hmm. that's how they're going to hurt the the uh, 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 the guys out of Texas. I forgot Dell and uh, HP. All those guys. Dell are and be HP in the world and, and Lenovo are the yeah. the biggies. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, HP that's still the number the one computer seller in the world. Yeah, but I'm just saying, since they don't produce their chips, uh, they're they're going to have to stick with uh, Intel because I don't think sure. Apple's going to sell their silicon. You know? No, they that, won't. They, no, they'll you know, they'll never do that. Yeah. So I said that, itanium too. By the way, I meant the Xeons. The Xeon chips is the one that they, that they're in the Apple uh, currently in the Apple Pro lines. So the iMac oh. Pro and the yeah. Mac Pro are running Z, uh, Intel Xeon chips, which is just is a different type of architecture that's in in the regular um, uh, Apple chips, or yeah. I mean regular um, uh, PCs or Macs. Um, yeah. But the high end servers have used the Xeon stuff, and the high end um, studio production equipment has used Xeon stuff, and computers used for scientific stuff. A lot of those are Xeons. They run the same um, uh, uh, code. You know, the yeah. same code base, but it's just physically a different type of chip. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't know how it actually works out, but I would, I would almost guarantee that if I had the financials on how HP does business is that they've probably been laser, they've been leveraging their laser printers, which are kind of the standard in business, uh, to sell computers. And you know businesses do that. They work on mm-hmm. on uh, related items. Uh, uh, I'm not just sure how Dell does it, but uh, those are the companies that are going to feel the, feel the pressure because now Apple has got some something that they can't get that will drop yeah. prices or uh, whatever. And I can't see Apple p- pushing prices down too much, though. The app. I mean, you can already go buy. Uh, you know, an AP, a HP or an Asus laptop for anywhere between two hundred and five hundred dollars, and uh, and the cheapest Mac is a thousand. Um, there are people who aren't ever going to do, that. and Apple's not going to drop their prices significantly because, you know, why would they? Um, that's just not their their way. They don't pr- compete on price, and so there's a lot of people who will never go buy a Mac uh, because they're not going to spend a thousand dollars for a laptop. They just look at it and go, nope, not happening. I can go get this yeah. HP over here and run Windows, and it's fine. I can run Word and Excel. I can get on the Internet. I can, uh, you know, do everything it, I need to do on this computer. The, the answer to that's very easy. They're making those decisions because they didn't have leverage like, like they will have when they make their own chip. But it, the way business works is it all has to do with volume and price. They work together. Okay. Well, I understand that. But what are you trying it, to say? You think that because if, Apple's making their own chips, they're now going to sell cheaper computers? If if they've got the market completely uh, 
uh, sewn up, they'll gradually want to increase their total sales, and they, they won't bring it down suddenly, but they'll be moving it down, putting the pinch on these other guys. That's the way it works. Now, well, it's possible. I mean, that might be the other, that that might be the other thing that shocks people, right? You want to see when they make their announcement, it, you know, instead of uh, saying we're going to come in with a computer that's the highest, fastest computer on the planet, what we're going to do is we're going to come in with, uh, you know, a, a MacBook Air running the new chips, and instead of a thousand dollars, it's going to be six ninety nine. Yeah, that's that would put option. you know. That would put the fear uh, into because I mean you you look at it I mean or seven ninety nine or whatever because that's what what an iPad Pro starts at seven ninety nine, yeah. so you know maybe maybe you can get although I think that honestly I think that that they they wouldn't do that because their low end their pricing structure is iPads you want something that's affordable get an iPad if you want a, a yep. full laptop pay a little more because mm -hmm. if they move their price down for say a, a MacBook Air to seven ninety nine. You don't think that would impact the sales of the iPads Pro? Well, that's they would true. hurt themselves. They would hurt themselves, yeah. and they they don't want to hurt. Them. Yes, it would hurt competition, but it would hurt them too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, well, I think well, Apple keeps their pricing structures very similar to how they are. They stay at the high end. They stay above the fray. They just make more money because now they're selling with their own stuff. Yeah. Could be, could be, <clears throat> but 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 the profitability as for the corporation drives everything. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, all the you decisions know, and, are made to the for the bottom line. They're and, not giving they anything put, away. And and they always have a financial group that's sitting there doing these exercises where they say, "Well, what if we uh, uh, can increase the margin here? Then we can go do this or that." That drives how they introduce new products, you know? Uh, so uh, it'd be interesting to see the financial studies that they've been doing and, and what they show. And, it, mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and we'll see it. And, and that's what you see when a new product is announced like this. Like you said, where sure. do they price it? Yeah. Apple never shares their secret sauce, though, so you never know what happens on the inside because they're, they're just... They're, they're, right. That's the way their company is is built, but um, but it's not hard to figure out afterwards. Once you see it launched, then you kind of see where it sits in the market, and you go like, ah, you know, if they come out with a six ninety nine laptop, um, maybe they're fig figuring that people who want iPads aren't going to care about a six you know six ninety nine laptop anyway. Especially if you're already spending you know seven ninety nine to a thousand dollars for an iPad, then you're in the iPad world, right? And that's that's right. what you care about. Um, but if they do that, then you're going, okay, they're going to take that low end that, that has been dominated by, uh, you know, the Asus and Lenovo and, and, uh, HP and Dell. And they're just going to say, we're stealing that. We're taking a big chunk of that back because there's a lot of people who, if you're spending, you know, four or $500 for a, uh, plastic, computer from one of those other companies would see the all brushed aluminum pretty computer from Apple and go hey it's like my iPhone runs the same software yeah excuse me I almost I, I had a sneeze there um you know I, there, there's a there's a real good conversation that you could sell there right that that's like hey I use the iPhone and it's it's the best phone and I'm happy with it why wouldn't I want then 
this that'll run this even run my iphone software on it you know you know i've been so. a little bit surprised that we haven't seen hobbyists at least little little new emerging businesses where somebody plugs their iphone into a stand or something like that uh, just just a cable to their own little box that doesn't do all kinds of things because if you develop uh software uh for uh iphones uh I don't think they could prevent you from having access to the uh, to the wired or Wi-Fi output or the Bluetooth or anything like that as to what you communicate with. But you can communicate with a lot of uh, capability to do, you know, other things like computers. You know. I don't use understand what you're saying. But what I'm saying is, use the computer part of the phone. To operate a device that, let's say, has just other I/O capabilities, it could be displays and keyboards too. Okay. You I know? have, and it's been two years, three years, so it's been a while. With the iPhone Seven that I had, so it's a, you know had to be within the last five years. Um, mm-hmm. I I for uh, for a full week didn't use my computer for anything. I used my iPhone for everything. And what I did is I set my iPhone up uh, on a charging stand on my desktop, and I used an Apple TV to attach to the video, and so I could mirror my my phone to the to the screen. So I had that for my screen. So I had a regular computer screen, um, and then uh, I used Bluetooth to attach a keyboard to the device, and and I used it that way. Um, you still had at that time. I still had to reach up and touch the screen to move the like to select things mm-hmm. but now they have mouse support so you could you could set up your phone to be your everything and there's word processors and there's a browser and you know i mean and you flip it sideways and it basically fills the whole screen and you could use that completely as your your portable desktop if you wanted to um, the interface isn't really designed specifically to do that but it's totally functional and it worked for me just fine. The only issue that I had that I ran into was um, a lot of web pages recognized that it was an iPhone browser. And so they gave me a minimized version of their website so I couldn't see their full website. And you could go in and request that they give you the full website, but they didn't always do that. That also has gotten much better, especially if you use the iPad. Um, you could use an iPad as your sort of default device and on a bigger screen if you wanted to with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, now so, on the iPad, I've noticed there's always an option to up to use the full device if you want. You yeah, know, I th- most places still give you the rem- uh, device. What was really frustrating on the iPad is you'd go to yeah, you'd be on the iPad with a big screen and as big as a laptop screen, and you'd go to a website and they'd give you the stupid website for an iPhone, and you go like, really? Yeah. But now the the because the, uh, the browser identifies itself to the website, so the website can then dynamically change the way it displays itself, and it now um, can tell the website, "Hey, I'm a full computer browser," and uh, and then you get the full website if you want. Right. Yeah, that that's one of the things that changed. I think iOS thir- twelve or thirteen did that. Yeah, which was nice. Yeah, that's that's a lot better. Yeah, made made the iPad a much more usable device in terms of um, uh, browsing the web. 
because that was a frustration. Because the web seemed to assume you were either on a computer or on a phone. Didn't understand that there were sort of these in-between thing. And mm-hmm. website websites have gotten better, but the browser are also now, instead of defaulting to telling the world it's a phone, defaults to tell the world I'm a computer. So you get better websites. Yep. Well, things get confusing if the iPad and uh, computer now become one and the same device. Yeah. Yeah, the, the flip around thing. Yeah. You know, I wonder if if uh, when when the keyboard is, you know, if it's got a flip around, you know, you can lay it completely flat. So you have keyboard up and, and screen up laying flat on a table. Right. So mm-hmm. if it's closed partially towards the, the screen, towards the keyboard, then you get the Mac OS when you, you go past that 180 so that it's now the keyboard is uh, the back of the keyboard is is up against the back of the screen. So that you can hold it and, you, and use it as a as a tablet, if it now presents itself as uh, iPad OS. To me, that'd be the best of both worlds. So that that way, it is. It's an iPad one way, and a Mac the other way, and it's determined by which way you've got the screen flipped. Well, you see, the other thing that I thought is that I've got I, your iPad now with a keyboard on here. I have essentially that, and why wouldn't I be able to just be able to use the the new uh, OS, right? Uh, you know, uh, like a computer on my iPad, right? I'm, right. So the other yeah, way. or attach a Bluetooth mouse, and now now you've got, you know, a keyboard, a mouse, and a screen. Why can't that run Mac OS? It's got the same processor in it, right? Yeah, yeah I don't well, see any reason why it couldn't. If you attach it, if you attach a mouse and a keyboard to an iPad, there's no, no reason that it shouldn't run Mac OS. Now, if they let this this device uh, expansion, you know, uh, which I have a, a couple adapters uh, for USB, and I can plug my uh, my uh, uh, CD in it, I might be able to rip CDs, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you don't have a you don't have a CD on your 12 inch uh, laptop anyway. I mean, most of most of the Macs since 2015 right. don't have any kind of disc CD in them. Players. That's right. But that, you know, that you doesn't have to mean plug we it still don't have USB. We, we, we still have the uh, the device, though. Plug, just yeah. Plug in. Yeah, yeah. You just plug it in through USB when you need it. But most, I mean, why do you? You know, the point was why carry it around? How often do you really need it? You know, I I hardly right. I have a I have a I have an old uh, three and a half inch floppy disk that plugs into the USB port as well. And when I get went to my first computer that didn't have one of those, I bought that and said. Never know. You know, I've still got software on these discs. And I can't tell you the last time I've used either one of them. I've got them both. They're in a drawer. I got them right here in the office. Yeah. I well, don't plug I, in CDs very often. I, I, Rarely. I still, I still occasionally buy DVDs or CDs, and I rip them, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I you rip them. Them. But once you've got them digitized, then you're like, okay, done. That's it. Right. Yeah. Now they become an archival format. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny how that stuff changes, you know. Um, and Apple was one of the first ones to do that. First ones to pull out the disk drive, first ones to pull, or the, the floppy drive, first ones to pull out the disk drive. They, they're they more than happy to say, if we can get smaller and lighter and make a laptop more portable, then why wouldn't we? You don't right. need that stuff anyway. And sometimes they're sort of bleeding edge. I think sometimes they take it out before we're ready. Like you know, the only, I don't like. 
I don't like that the current line of devices uh, only has USB-C because they said, nope, we're going to USB-C. That's the way to go. Problem is, is I still have all kinds of USB-A and uh, uh, and I use and I do photography. I've got a lot of uh, SD cards. And so my 2015 Mac still has an SD card slot and USB-A cables. I would be hesitant to give that up for all USB-C because that just means now i got to carry around a bunch of dongles. Yeah, the you other know? thing that I'm annoyed with is that even though I have a USB-A-B type of connectors on my adapters, is uh, I bought two of them. I should have taken one back, cause, but they don't support powered, uh, you know, uh, devices and oh, my right. uh, and my well, part uh, of that's because you have that that the twelve inch Mac which was very small and very power limited. Yeah, but I got I got a plug that puts that I can put the power right in to the adapter, you know, and then it runs through that to the computer. So why right. can't that be wired and set up so it supports the USB? I, I don't understand. Yeah, USB C because they blended USB C with uh, Thunderbolt. Yeah, it's there's a lot of like it's you can't tell by looking at it. Well, is that a Thunderbolt one or a USB C one? And on on some laptops, like the one on the left side, like you've only got one, and you don't support Thunderbolt. But like on the Mac Pros, it's like one of them is USB C, one of them is either USB C or Thunderbolt. It can be both, but you you know you have to know which one is which. And I, it just seems to me like there's a lot of of what, uh, what, what are all simplification that needs to happen there. What does a Thunderbolt do that USB-C won't? Significantly faster and 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 wider bandwidth. So if you're driving um, uh, displays, a Thunderbolt display, you can run, you know, 5 and 6K displays, even up to 8K displays, I think, and multiples of them through Thunderbolt 3 that you cannot do through USB-C natively. And yet they both use the same adapt, the same connector. So it's confusing as all get out. And furthermore, that same connector can be both. So it can be a USB-C and, or I should say, the USB-C connector, because that's the name of the connector, can be both a USB 3.1 connection and a Thunderbolt connection. at the Not at the same time, but it can be alternately. Oh. Yeah, so you got to be careful about your language here. USB-C is the type of connector. The right. two different... Um, uh, communication standards that go across it are currently USB. Uh, well, actually, I think it's all USB. So you can do USB 2, 3, or 3.1 because they're all backwards compatible, even USB 1 for that matter, or uh, Thunderbolt. And Thunderbolt can be either Thunderbolt 2 or Thunderbolt 3. Now, my understanding is that that it will also use USB-C, so this is also even more compu- confusing, but the USB-C connector will at some point here shortly support USB 4 and that USB 4 will combine USB and Thunderbolt into a single standard so that you won't Mm -hmm. have to worry about which one is supporting which thing or anything. It's just plug it in. USB 4 means that it it supports everything. Hmm. And that'll get rid of a lot of the confusion once they're USB 4 compliant. But I'm not... and And part of the issue was is that Intel owns the rights to Thunderbolt, even though it was co-developed with Apple. But apparently in, Intel has said that they are now releasing that standard to the USB Standards Committee so that mm-hmm. Thunderbolt will now flow 
as part of the USB 4 standard. Hmm. Was that confusing <laughs> enough? Yeah, yeah. Clear as mud. Yeah. Yeah. USB 4 up to 40 gigabits per second transmission speeds. It requires USB-C connectors for power delivery and it's required uh, uh, USB power. It, it will be um, it allows tunneling of DisplayPort and PCI Express across the cable. So very high speed uh, for both of those. Um, let's see. USB products must support 20 gigabits, gigabits throughput and can support up to 40 gigabits throughput. Mm. Okay, well... USB 4, the USB 4 specification is based on the Thunderbolt 3 po- protocol specification. Okay, support for interoperability with Thunderbolt 3 products is optional for USB 4 hosts and USB 4 peripheral devices and required for USB 4 hubs. Mm-hmm. For, uh, on its downward-facing ports and for USB-based docks on its downward and upward-facing ports. That's still clear as mud. You really have to read through that and, and think about that. But essentially... What it's doing is it's saying that USB and Thunderbolt 3 will now become the same thing. So if you get a USB 4, uh, spec was released in August of 2019. Even after publication of Rev1, some, some knowingly write USB 4 claiming to reflect the way readers search, blah, blah, blah. So... Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. I haven't seen anything that's advertising, and I haven't looked that hard. So maybe they're out there where you can buy something that says it's a USB 4 connector. So technically, some of the stuff that um, are on Macs that are USB 3 and and Thunderbolt already meet the requirements to be a, a USB 4. Hmm. So they'll just relabel them. <laughs> Yeah, magic. Yeah, I magical. Mean, maybe, maybe there, you know, they'll uh, do a software upgrade. You know, one of their OS upgrades, and say, okay, now you have a USB four connector. Who knows? There might be some handshaking or protocols that are a little different or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeesh. Well, uh, <laughs> on that clearly mud mud-colored uh, conversation with we should end it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, maybe, so. I think I'm going to do a little more reading about USB 4 and so I can speak more intelligently about it maybe next time we meet and, and know for sure like if you've got a USB-C device right now that supports USB and uh, Thunderbolt 3, is that does that mean that it already matches meets the, th- the USB 4 protocol or not? Because I don't know. Um but on the surface, it looks like it. But, you know, there may be other stuff yeah. going on. So there's some reading that needs to be done. And, of course, it's deep, complex reading that nobody really wants to read. But I'll suffer and do it for <laughs> for curiosity's sake. So anyway. Yeah. Um, it's been fun, Todd. Good, yeah, good talking with you. Have a great week. And I'll uh, chat with you next Monday, if not sooner. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.